Hi, my name is Pippa and I'm going to be moving us into the next part of our series looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. Right now we are looking at chapter 3 and specifically verse 4. So chapter 3 starts with this line that says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Then verse 4 says, A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. And what strikes me about this passage is the way that it gives validation and recognition of all different emotions that we as humans go through. And the author lays it out in a poem that lists one emotion or activity and then follows it with the opposite. So we've looked at being born and dying, planting and uprooting, tearing down and building. And I think that this pairing of opposites is a key thing to notice with weeping and laughing and mourning and dancing. I'm going to focus on the bit that says there's a time to mourn and a time to dance. I was intrigued by the way that dancing is listed as the opposite of mourning and it made me question what do I think is the opposite of mourning and I probably wouldn't have chosen dancing but thankfully I am not a biblical author and I like this pairing of mourning and dancing and as I thought about it more I realized just how wise and true this is because anyone who has mourned or grieved is another way of saying it knows that mourning is a full body activity when you mourn you feel it everywhere you are physically overcome come with sadness. It clouds your thoughts, it makes you double up because you feel it so intensely, it distorts your appetite, it exhausts your entire body. And dancing is the same but the opposite. It's a full body activity. It's the most effective exercise for working every part of you, even the bones in your body. I've danced professionally and for fun and I can tell you there aren't as many activities that are as all-consuming as dancing. Dancing connects your limbs, your core, your hands, your feet and your brain. It involves your entire body. So in the way that mourning is a physical and mental all-consuming expression of pain, dancing can be a physical and mental all-consuming expression of joy. And in life, there's time for both of them. When we are thinking about what life is and how we can live it well, I think we have to look at Jesus. And Jesus did both of these things. He mourned and he danced. In the book of John, chapter 11, Jesus mourns his friend Lazarus, who has just died. What's fascinating about this is that Jesus goes to the tomb where Lazarus' dead body is with the intention of raising him back to life. He tells his disciples on the way that that's what he's going to do. But when he gets there, he sees his friend Mary, who is Lazarus' sister, and she's weeping and mourning with all the other people there. And the Bible says that Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled, and he wept with them. He put his glorious action plan to bring Lazarus back to life on hold to mourn his death, to recognise the pain that death brings. He mourned with them. He didn't rush in and fix it. I have a three-year-old son, and if he's crying because he's got his finger stuck in a transformer, I don't stop and say, yeah, it really hurts. I fix it. I take that thing off his finger and I throw it across the room. But Jesus, in the most extreme example of having the power to fix what was causing pain, doesn't do that. He stops. He cries with his friend and he waits and he grieves with them. And then he resumes his action plan and brings Lazarus back to life, showing his power over death. And I think that that's the most beautiful insight into the way that Jesus understands and meets us in our pain. He shows us that it's okay to cry when we're really sad and that losing someone hurts in a way like nothing else does and we need to physically express that. There's a time to mourn. If you're mourning, know that Jesus mourns with you. Whether you're mourning the loss of a person, a dream, an opportunity, a way of life, he doesn't rush you through your pain or even deny it or fix it straight away. He doesn't want you to skip that emotional experience, but he does want to meet you and help you through it. 
Rick Warren, who's a famous American pastor, lost his son. His son committed suicide. And Rick Warren speaks really amazingly about mourning and grief. And he encourages people to face it. He says that grief is God's gift. It's the tool that God gives us to get through the transitions of life. And I think Jesus showed us this, the importance of giving time to grief, even though he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. In my early 20s, I was in a girl band and um, the purpose of this girl band was to use the music and dancing as a way into schools and to get to know the young people and talk to them about God. And in every class that we took, we would have a question time at the end where we would stand in a line in the front of the classroom and the students could ask us any question they liked, which was terrifying. And sometimes they would ask silly questions like, why aren't you on X Factor? Or can I have your number? But one of the main questions that would be asked pretty much every time would be, why does God let bad things happen? It's a huge question with so many answers, but often my friend Jess, who was in the band with me, would answer it with her own story. Jess's dad died suddenly on his way to work when Jess was just 15. And Jess would talk about this experience, how hard it was for her and her family, but she would also say, I've learned that God isn't a way out of painful situations, but he is a way through it. And again, I think Jesus showed us this. He showed us that he is deeply moved by our pain and grief. The overwhelming darkness and despair that we feel isn't something separate from God that he doesn't understand or identify with. It even isn't even something that he will instantly rescue you from, but he is with you in it. You can invite him into your suffering and he will meet you there and help you move through it. He knows more than anyone who ever lived what it is to suffer. He experienced that firsthand on the cross. And in doing that, he made a place for us to send our suffering. In my life so far, I've mourned for people and I've mourned for dreams. And when I'm mourning, one of the things I say is, I send this pain to the cross. Because on the cross, Jesus took it to death. It died with him. And Jesus rose again into a new life where death is not the end and everything is made new. And that hope and that reality is what gives us the strength and courage to walk through mourning and into life. And life isn't just full of mourning, it's full of joy too, it's full of dancing. There are few things in life more joyful and ridiculous and exhilarating as dancing. At weddings or parties or just watching someone who's really good at it, dancing is all about freedom. There's something really special about it. It's an opportunity to shake off inhibitions and let go. And we do it from a really young age. It's an instinct. And I think the main thing that stops us doing that as we get older is a fear of being judged or looking silly. But how much more fun do we have when we forget that and just join in? There's a guy from my husband Christian's hometown who is renowned for his dancing at parties and weddings. In normal life, he's like this older, shy, introverted man. But when the music starts, he transforms into a disco diva legend who is having the best time. And his freedom frees up the people around him to do the same. We should all be a bit more like that guy and allow ourselves to express joy and be free and fun in it. The Bible doesn't talk specifically about Jesus dancing at parties, but there is this moment where he's so overcome with joy that he jumps and leaps around. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 17 to 21. Jesus has sent out a big group of people into the towns ahead of him to heal the sick and tell the people that the kingdom of God is near to them. And this group comes back to Jesus so excited because when they've prayed for people in his name, miracles have happened. And they say, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus says, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then it says that at that, Jesus rejoiced exuberant in the Holy Spirit. And that word rejoice that describes what Jesus did in the original Greek literally means to jump and leap for joy. 
Jesus was so excited to tell these people that their names were written in heaven, that they mattered, that they were loved, and that there's an eternal kingdom that they're part of that he cannot contain himself. He has to express his joy by leaping and jumping about. If we fully understood the depth of God's love for us and the truth that our names are written in heaven, I have no doubt that we would leap and jump for joy. Your name is written in heaven. You matter, you are known, and you're part of his family and a part of a kingdom where there is no mourning and lots of dancing. It's interesting to me that these examples of Jesus mourning and dancing as emotional opposite experiences are directly as a result of death and life. When Jesus mourns, it's because of death, the loss of life and the separation and the pain that it brings. And when Jesus dances, it's because of life, the reality that there is an eternal life where there is no separation. Your name is on the register of heaven. If you're mourning right now, or if there's something you need to mourn, but you've been blocking that out, know that there is a time to mourn and Jesus meets you in that and he mourns with you and moves you through it. And there is hope. Jesus defeated all death on the cross. He's your saviour and your healer and your name is written in heaven. When the Bible pairs uh, mourning and dancing together again, it's in Psalm 30 where it says, you have turned my mourning into dancing. I want to encourage you to stir up the joy inside of you and begin to express that physically like Jesus did. Read those verses in Luke 10. Let that gratitude and wonder grow in you until it overflows. If you like dancing, that's great, do it. If you don't, just move. It might be as simple as lifting your arms up as you pray to God or praise him. It really doesn't matter how you do it, but there's something so uplifting and powerful when our body joins our minds and our hearts in praise. So just be free in it. If you mourn or dance today, or do a bit of both, know that God is with you, that he loves you, and that this church community that you are a part of is here to support you and encourage you through it all.